This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I have landed in Poland, England's latest fixture. Whilst I'm here in Poznan, I've got a train to catch down to the city of Wrocław. Of course, we're actually playing Ukraine, but for obvious reasons, the game is being played in Poland. Now, last time we played in Poland was September... 2021 in a Nations League game that ended 1-0. Officially, there were no England fans there that day because of Covid restrictions, but plenty made the trip. Before that, it was the infamous 2012 game in the rain in Warsaw. Personally, that was the last time I visited Poland, uh, and I didn't even see the game that day. So I'm hoping for a better outcome this time. It is blazing hot. There's no need for me to have bought this jumper. Lovely and warm, lovely and sunny. I'm hoping that the train is going to have air conditioning. I'm currently looking for my platform, platform 7. I think it must be this one. It's a slow one, unfortunately. But it'll get me into Wrocław, pick up my tickets dump my bag and head on to the game. And here we are, the city of Wroclaw. Fairly pleasant journey down through rural Poland on Pol Regio, which I'd imagine translate to regional Poland. Lots of fields, growing sweet corn, lots of hay bales stacked just as we see back home, fields of solar panels too. I was to say my journey was fairly straightforward, uh, a little mention for some fans who I see had to change planes two or three times without even taking off. And that I, yeah, that I saw on Twitter. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, thankfully, uh, I didn't have anything like that. Uh, also on Twitter, I saw a post by the guys from Block 109 yesterday, the day before the game. Uh, they went and donated some books and some Android tablets to a local Polish uh, cancer charity in a hospital, I believe it was, in Wroclaw. Um, I'm hoping to chat with CJ Joyner once again later in this episode, and hopefully it'll just explain a little more about that. But I'm going to go and collect my ticket now. I'm cutting it a bit fine, um, so I'm going to try and collect my ticket, find my accommodation, dump the bag, and find how to get to the ground. So I've collected my tickets... I've made it into the ground. It was a bit of a, uh, a journey getting into the ground here in Wroclaw. Uh, tram broke down. There was a bit of walking. Get back on another tram. And then struggling to find the, uh, the entrance to get into the away section. Could see all these people going into it, coming out of a, uh, an underground stairwell. I just couldn't find how to get to that stairwell. But I made it in. I made it in, into a into an arena. I don't know the name of this ground. Or well, I can see it, but I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it. 
but it's a bowl. It's all like light green. Uh, the sun is coming down on the, the side of the pitch, the spectators on the side of the pitch. I can imagine they're going to be having their, their hands over their eyes. But as England have got a section in one corner on the corner flag um, behind, obviously, one of the goals. Already there's a lot of England flags around. I can see uh, Scunthorpe United. There's an Arsenal one there. Uh, who've got Ipswich Town Blue Army, Hereford FC from the side of country, Sunderland Club and Country, who's uh, that one, Harrow White, uh, on the other side, Live Forever, Birmingham City, Stoke-on-Trent, Milton Keynes one down the bottom there. It's uh, 25 to 6, 25 minutes until kick-off. Uh, it's not full by any stretch of the imagination at the moment, but as I say, with a, uh, a few tram issues, I'm wondering if it's going to slow down a few people. Coming into the ground, it just appears it's a, like a, a massive circular building, stadium, with like a netting around it. Um, and I'm looking down on the people coming in already, and there's already a mass queue. Uh, people coming in the the entrance that I did. Whether it will be full, full remains to be seen. But we are 25 minutes away from kickoff. So as the teams emerge from the tunnel on the pitch, on the pitch, there's a large yellow Ukraine shirt over the centre circle. Two blue banners either side of it. As the teams go around to line up, up on the scoreboard it's got peace and then peace in Ukrainian alongside it. Plenty of Ukraine flags lifted. Lots of Ukrainian flags lifted up all around the stadium as their anthem is played. Disappointing to just hear a couple of boos there. Quite a sight. Twenty-five minutes, Ukraine have scored. Been coming for a little while to be honest. We pushed and probed for a little while, nothing came of it, and then Ukraine started to play. Had a couple of goes, started to get the crowd going, and ultimately they've just put themselves one up. A few flares in the Ukraine end. Disappointing, we had. We had the vast majority of the play for the first 15-20 minutes, but done nothing with it. We just allowed Ukraine to come into the game. So just when we thought we'd scored, we have a VAR goal check. We finally put the ball in the net. Harry Kane had dropped so deep. People around are saying 
What's Harry Kane doing dropping so deep? Well, he springs a uh, springs a cross through, which I think is it Jude Bellingham. I think it was Jude Bellingham. Picks it up on the uh, on the other side. Smashed it home. Yeah, they are check over. Goal stands. I hate VAR. Intervening time, waiting. Anyway, it's one all. It's Carl Walker. It's Carl Walker that scored. Oh, what game I was watching. It's half time. England kind of pressed and probed for a while with pretty much nothing to show for it. And then, I think as I said earlier, when Ukraine scored 20 minutes, they started to sort of pick the ball up, move around a bit, got the crowd going, and ultimately scored. I don't know if there was anyone at fault for it, but I think it was just a case of they passed their way, passed their way through the England defence and, and slide past Pickford, really. Basically, we didn't do the simple stuff. I don't know, Jude had some nice touches, but nothing really came of it. He came under some heavy pressure at times. James Madison looked lively, but there's a fine line between lively and sort of getting overexcited and needlessly got himself booked. And then England scored. Good was against the run of play. Was it deserved? I think we're lucky to be going in one all at half time. Let's hope that we can uh, pick things up for the second half and, and get three points out of this. It's a, uh, it's a nice ground, this. I like this. It's just a um, one tier all the way round. It's full now. Uh, I think I said earlier that the, um, it didn't look as though it would be full, but it is full. Um, the Ukrainians have, have filled it out. And it appears you get a, you get a good view, pretty much, from wherever you are standing, sitting. So, about the game, the second half was pretty dismal, to be honest. The most exciting moment, I guess, was when Saka hit the bar, turned, didn't he, and shot. I don't know if the keeper got a hand to it, but it certainly looked like it hit the bar from where I was standing. Southgate made some changes. I think there was Rashford for Bellingham, Foden for Madison, and Gallagher for, for Saka. But none of them really had a major impact, to be honest. And, and whilst Kane supplied the, the cross for Walker to score, I don't remember him having any... Any real opportunities of note, I don't think. Ukraine will be the happier of the two, because with Italy drawing with North Macedonia, it keeps them in second place in the group at the moment. And I mean, a point away from home isn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just more the performance, I think. It was just a bit <laughs> limp, really. Yes, we stay top with qualification pretty much assured. I don't think it's guaranteed just yet. But when you've been used to four out of four wins and, and good performances, when a, a performance like this comes around, it's frustrating. And I know performances like this do happen. And it's, it's impossible to keep up the, uh, that 100% performance all the time. Um, and I know in the past we've won groups um, with a uh, 100% record, but yeah, it's just more a, a frustrating thing, I think. But if 
going into the Scotland game off of a performance like that, it's not overly encouraging, I don't think. Although it could work in a reverse factor, couldn't it? Poor performance, they get a bit of a, uh, a telling off. And they go into the Scotland game and, and produce a worldie. Who knows? One thing I'd like to mention, coming out of the ground, um, once again funnelled into a stairwell and back under the concourse and back out into the open, we passed a fair few Ukrainians who were standing, I don't know, might have been six, seven foot above us, generally all waving flags, but applauding us as we passed them by. And you just can't help think of the journeys that many of them must have been on, what, this past 18 months, maybe a little less, both physically and mentally. You sort of, you pass them whilst they're all clapping. You, uh, you wonder how personally they must have been affected. You can't help but applaud back, wish them well. And I guess the, the 90 minutes football has been a welcome distraction for them. And who knows? Let's say with that result, there is a chance that they could be at the Euros next year. What a national morale boost that could be. And just on a personal note, following on from the, the preview episode, where I mentioned the passing of my friend Trevor Eastall, who would have been here. He had flights, he had accommodation booked. Uh, it was really nice to speak with a couple of other England fans who also knew him and share that grief um, and a couple of other people just uh, thank you very much for the, the condolences that, um, that you passed on so it's a uh, quarter past seven Sunday morning my day after the game I've uh, just got up going to uh, make my way oh, into the sunshine and head my way back to Poznan I figured I'm going to spend the, uh, the day in Poznan because that's where my flight is going back from so I'm in like a, a stable place so I've got, I've got a better chance of getting the flight rather than leaving Wroclaw here later on I get the chance to explore Poznan um, but yeah, it's as I said, quarter past seven, and the Rotslav is still going. I've just come out of my hostel there. Music's still pumping out. Funky town. Is that lip sync? I think that was. Um, so I'm going to make my way towards the station, see if I can get either a bus or a train. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. It's a Busy old place, this actually, Wroclaw. It clearly is a student town. Um, lots of students around, lots of uh, lots of people milling on the uh, in the in the old square. Which, unfortunately, is a place I didn't really get to explore because it was just a bit of a rush yesterday. Um, but as we speak. This is where I'm walking through now, and it's kind of like a, I don't know, kind of, it's got that sort of Prague ring to it. Street cleaners up already, cleaning the mess from yesterday. That's important to say, that's not just from England fans, as I say, it's a, 
a student town, a lot of students are, I guess it's probably beginning a term, what do they call it, Freshers' Week. But yeah, old, old buildings with balconies on them. You make your way into the, it's like the, the main square. And it's like on a, an L shape. Oh, look, there's, a, there's a fountain over there in the corner. Some buildings, sort of bright yellow, bright pink, like a light orangey colour. Some flags in the middle, Polish flag obviously, there's the, the EU flag, Ukraine flag and the Wroclaw flag that looks like uh, it's like the main church in the in the center with with a main clock on it which almost like got a sundial on it lots of turrets sort of greened off as they've just aged now i saw a couple yesterday a couple of gnomes or dwarves um, as you may remember in the Preview episode. I spoke with Robert, and he said that there are lots of dwarves dotted all around. There they are, lots of dwarves dotted all around the city. Let's go and have a look at this one. It's right by the this church. Uh, and since this is a uh, a blind one, he's got a, uh, a walking stick. One's in a wheelchair, uh, and one's cupping his hand to his ear. So there's three of them in a row. Um, Obviously, all, all suffering with, with various issues. Um, but, yeah, three of them here. I'll put a photo on the, on the Twitter page or the Facebook page just so you can see this one. But there are loads of these dotted all around the city. Um, it's a city that, yeah, I think I'll... Uh, maybe one day I'll come back and properly appreciate. <laughs> There's one of the local trams goes past going to Stadion Olimpski, which you'd assume will be the Olympic Stadium. Uh, was my turn across here. Why, why does every sort of large town have an Olympic Stadium? As far as I'm aware, Wroclaw never had the Olympics. It's one of those things that I've observed over the years. And there's another one of those dwarves there tiny thing they're only they're only 10 12 inches high bronze and welcome to glasgow the largest city in scotland both in size and population famous for its whiskey and shipbuilding back in the day it may not have the, the charm of Wroclaw, um or the weather, although having uh, said that, it's, uh, it's quite warm today, a little muggy, a bit cloudy, um, but it is warm. But this is the city that hosted the very first international football match all the way back on the 30th of November 1872 between Scotland and England. It's this game that is celebrating the 150th anniversary so just as I did in Poland, I need to go and collect my ticket. Uh, ticket collected. Quick chat with the guys at um, the, uh, the Travel Club, doing a good job. I just wanted to add something to the Ukraine game uh, in Poland. I watched the highlights of it yesterday. Um, nothing that I saw really changed my mind about the performance. Although I didn't realise 
We should have had a penalty in the, uh, in the second half, by the letter of the law, shouldn't we? He's handled the ball in the box. Penalty. I've seen him given. But anyway, by the by, we only got a point. Right, now, I'm going to go for a quick wander to somewhere that, I don't know, means a little bit to me, I guess. Um, and I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Uh, I'm walking along the street here, and over there, there it is, to my right, to my right, a sort of beigey building, three storeys, some steps going up to a black door, uh, but underneath the bay window, uh, underneath it, is King Tut's Wawa Hut. It's the best UK live venue, apparently, according to Radio 1 on the outside of it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, King Tut's Wawa Hut was where Oasis, uh, my personal favourite band, um, basically put themselves um, or blagged their way into the venue one evening. And basically, I think this was where Alan McGee of Creation Records spotted them. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's open, but it is a, uh, it's a venue bar cafe. Um, so I'm going to go and have a, uh, kind of a quick look at it. So I've gone for a uh, bit of a wander after, um, yeah, going up to see King Tut's Wawa Hut there. Walked myself down St Vincent Street, I think this is, and found myself in uh, George Square, which uh, is right by, I think it's Queen Street Station. Um, and if it, I haven't been to Glasgow for, I don't know, a few years now. I've probably only been three, four times before. But you forget how sort of maybe dark and imposing it is. And I mean that in like the, a nice way. And I mean that sort of like architecturally. The buildings are sort of fantastic. Uh, they're like sort of a um, like sandstone-y sort of colour. And they're sort of so, sort of they hang over the roads as you as you walk down them uh, and one thing i always say to like my daughter the best things to to see is look up always sort of look up and you sort of look up at these buildings they're so fabulous like architecturally um, and it's kind of like what what glasgow is sort of i don't know is what, what i think of when i come to glasgow um but yeah i've seen plenty of scotland fans in their shirts um, some plenty of, plenty of kilts already, feathers in the hats. Um, I think it's going to be a, be a good atmosphere tonight. Um, I think I'm going to go and get something to eat, have a drink maybe, and then find my way towards Hampden Park. The so last time I came to Glasgow, um, I had a battered Mars bar. I decided against that today. Um, and I've gone for some... Went for some battered ribs and chips. It was all right. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't really ribs that I was expecting. More the consistency of spam. But anyway, that'll fill me up. One thing I was going to just try and do before I get to the go to the station, uh, I've noticed that around Glasgow uh, there are quite a lot of murals. Um, I've seen a couple already. Um, there was one, sort of a, a woman with a magnifying glass 
pinching her fingers together and you can almost stand underneath it and take the picture and, and you are what she's sort of pinching up whilst looking through the, the magnifying glass. There's another one of a, a taxi uh, with some balloons on. Um, I know recently they actually up here uh, there was a Banksy exhibition which is a shame I didn't, didn't get to come and see that. I quite like my Banksy's I have to be honest. Um, but I'm just going to go and see if I can find one or two more of these murals before I end up catching the train. I must admit, the bagpipes have never really been my uh, favourite instrument of choice, but there's a young lad there doing the bagpipes, and uh, fair play to him. Must only be 14, 15. So, into Handen, I find myself fairly straightforward getting here, to be honest. I'm in the, in the section behind the goal. You can almost, like, the section is slightly smaller than what we had last time. We're in, <laughs> it's like the, the red seats and a bit of, bit of blue and white. But all, uh, I think it was, what, 2,900 we've been given for this game. But as you look around the stadium, it's, I mean, what are we at the moment? It's, uh, it's 20 to 7. It's just over an hour until kick-off. Obviously, there's not so many people here at the moment. Um, the blue seats to my right where the dugouts are, there's, there's a bit of red. Then there's the, um, the Scottish flag in the seats right opposite me with the, with the scoreboard high up above. As you come round, I'm looking on the opposite side, it looks like there's going to be some sort of uh, presentation with some like gold flags that they've got in the in the stand ready for people to wave um, and then then we are sort of next to the Scottish fans who with uh, a line of police in between uh, but as always there's plenty of England flags already up there's a, uh, there's a Coventry one a Norwich one Milton Keynes Tottenham that I saw in uh, in Poland is there's Rotherham Jimmy Lockett to Stoke one there. Swindon. Yeah, Crystal Palace one as well. Plenty of England flags adorning uh, Amden Park. Uh, obviously, there's, a, there's one or two Scottish ones as well. Uh, unsure of the team as yet. The only rumour I've heard uh, is that Aaron Ramsdale is in goal, but we'll, uh, we'll wait to see and find out if that is just a rumour. I think it's probably an opportunity for for Gareth to change it around a little bit. So we have a team sheet that's come in. Uh, and as I said, Aaron Ramsdale is in. In for Jordan Pickford in goal. Carl Walker retains his place. Kieran Trippier in for Ben Chilwell. Uh, Declan Rice there. Mark Gay and Lewis Dunk are your centre-backs. So uh, Harry Maguire is on the bench. Phil Foden starts. Calvin Phillips starts. Uh, of course, Harry Kane is there. Uh, Duke Bellingham is there as well and Marcus Rashford um, finishes the starting 11 so yeah he's experimenting with a couple you would imagine uh, especially those centre halves in Mark Gay and Lewis Dunk just going to hope that it's uh, enough and that is the sound of the England team coming out to warm up
Satifa on the other side, 150 years of history, rivalry and passion in gold lettering for a blue background. There's flames going off the other side. We're about to have the national anthems. Nerves now are starting to kick in. It is really more than a friendly, this one, isn't it? Come on, England. then for the 49th time we have overcome the old enemy Scotland they've still not beaten us since 1999 I genuinely thought last night was their best opportunity in a long time that famous Hamden Raw was there on occasions last night and when the Tartan army they get going in unison it can have that choir like feel to it but come the end of the first half and the beginning of the second at times, you could hear a pin drop. Uh, now, the first half began almost with two sides, I guess, almost sparring each other. Foden had the first real effort, but that was skied over the bar. However, his next one, that hit the target and quickly followed by Jude Bellingham's efforts, who once again had a great game. Uh, in fact, I was chatting to someone on the way to the ground about Foden. I can't remember your name, actually, uh, other than he came from the Isle of Wight, uh, saying that whilst Foden is obviously a great player, he doesn't seem to have really sort of played his Manchester City form for England on a regular basis. Well, maybe he did last night. Kind of felt that we 
we never really had to reach for top gear. And without the likes of Grealish, Trent, Stones, Pickford, and starting with both Duncan, Gay, Phillips too, whilst not a second string side, it wasn't a starting eleven by any stretch. Uh, Ramsdale proved that he was more than adequate in only his fourth cap, putting behind him his nightmare at Molyneux last year. I heard a few intakes of breath at times from fans around me, uh, but he's so confident with his feet, isn't he? And one of his kicks from just in front of us, the fans, a superb crossfield ball to the feet of Bellingham. Uh, He's not going to take Pickford's jersey just yet, but to perform like that, Won't do his chances any harm at all, will it? And the second half saw Gareth swap Mark Gay for Harry Maguire, much to the amusement of the Scottish fans, who tried their hardest to provoke him. On the pitch, he he had so much time when he was given the ball, wasn't he? Unfortunate with the own goal. I say unfortunate, watched it back. It did seem a little bit lazy in his body shape. Ramsdale, though, he could... Could do very little about it. But Gareth had some strong words on those that have criticised him of late. This, courtesy of Sky Sports News. Well, I think he's just come out and spoken to the media, which shows the resilience and the character of him. Um, You know, we're now in a situation where, because of people in our own country, uh, the opposition think they can have fun with him. So what's that about? He's been an incredible player for England in one of the most successful teams we've had, Um, critical for what we've been doing, Uh, and we allow him to be open to that. Um, It's a joke, absolute joke. Um, Yeah, it, it makes me livid because thankfully he's got the support of the dressing room and people behind him, and I thought, the England fans in the stadium tonight were absolutely brilliant. So I have no problem with the Scotland fans. They're having fun. But what stirs that up? You know, uh, you know, people uh, around uh, in our own country. Um, yeah, other players will think, well, you know, is that what awaits us at certain times? So, yeah, great credit to him that he managed to show the composure with the ball and keep the ball and put that one moment behind him because we stabilised the game really well after it. And it was shortly after the goal, it was when that Hamden roar came back. I think they attacked down the wing. What a noise, a uh, real sound of encouragement. Fortunately, though, it didn't come to anything. And then with 10 minutes to go, Bellingham again controlling the ball and sliding it through to Kane to finish the game off. I don't know, was that maybe his one and only clear-cut chance? Bellingham, though, just 20. Uh, He's not anywhere near the finished article yet, is he? Which is scary for his opponents. And also, I guess he hasn't even bulked out properly yet. He's only just come out of his teenage years. Amazing, you just know there's much more to come. I hope Real Madrid and their fans appreciate such a good player that they have. Lucky lot seeing him week in, week out. And as fans, there is nothing like beating your nearest of neighbours, is there? Uh, In fact, we've not lost to any of Scotland, Wales or Northern Ireland since 2005, when David Healy scored 
in Belfast for Northern Ireland. And it got me thinking, actually. There's two friendlies generally every two years in March, I think it is. Could all the home nations play each other once then? All hypothetical, but say we play Wales away this coming March, and then as rumoured, a South American side too. But whilst we play Wales, Scotland play Northern Ireland? Uh, I think 2025 in March we would have a World Cup qualifier. So 2026 we could play either Scotland or Northern Ireland in March. I guess the the only downside, it might get a little complicated if we were to draw any of them in the Euros or World Cup qualifications. But it'd be nice to have a home nations of sorts back. Uh, it's been a great couple of games, met some really great people either in Poland or Scotland, uh, including John Bleasdale from the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Thanks for, for just saying hi or that you listen to the podcast. means a lot, especially as I've travelled on my own for both of these games. But it does go to prove you are never alone when away with England. Now, I mentioned about having a chat with CJ Joyner at the top of the episode, and I'm pleased to say, hey, joins us now. CJ, hello there. Hello there, Russ. Got back all safe and sound? Yeah, I was on a seven o'clock flight this morning, bright and early, and uh, I've had enough time to do a bit of work, go to the gym, and I'm currently walking alongside the beautiful Coventry Canal. Not a shopping trolley in sight, and the stretch. (laughs) Isn't there? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a good place to be. Isn't Coventry's canal, is that connected to like Birmingham's canal? Isn't that long, like supposedly yeah, longer is, yeah, than Venice's? Yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're very scenic. Yeah. Culture, yeah. you get it all here on Free Lions podcast. You do, <laughs> yes, you do, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we've spoken before, obviously, um, but we've spoken about the good work that Block 109 have done previously. Um, and I know that you've, you've been out, We've been out of the country for quite a while, and in which time that you've done a couple of healthy deeds um, on behalf of Block yeah, 109. Yeah. Go on, just talk us through what, what happened. So, um, in Rocklaw, we, um, through very different means, we, we raised money through our prize drawer each month. And, um, due, which, you know, we, we, have, we have random fundraisers. I'll talk about a bit more about one of them in particular in a minute. And uh, we sell badges, we have events, so we, we always have like a little bit of a surplus after an event. Um, so we had the Malta boat, that created a surplus of a couple of hundred quid. And um, there was a party on Friday night in Rocklaw at, at Bar Wembley. I heard all about um, that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a good night. And um, we, we raised maybe 150 quid, I think, we, um, we, we, there's, a, we there's a surplus of that. So it all goes into the fundraising part, maybe into trying to make future events a little bit cheaper as well, um, potentially. But it's gone into the fundraising part at the moment. And what we did, we uh, we contacted a children's cancer unit in Rotswav, and they um, they they were more happy to um, to talk to us, obviously, and uh, see what we could do for them. And we donated them, um, you know, a few different things like colouring books. 
books that were in both English and Polish, like story books, that yeah. they can learn the English and then the Polish. And then uh, also some um, some tablet computers, some Android tablet computers. Oh, wow. But yeah, yeah. So it meant that they could um, they could keep in touch with their families at home. This unit operates for children up to the age of 18. Some of the, like, the headline things that are quite like, they really do take you back. Um, for example, I think there's 1,200 children a year that get diagnosed with them. Um, with cancer in um, in Poland, and um, they're about half of them. I think it's just over fifty. Well, it's just over half, just over fifty percent, um, are under the age of five. Hmm. Um, so um, it's really kind of like harrowing, really. Um, yeah. To think that a, a child of that age could be going through that, and um, the numbers that there, um, unfortunately, uh, fall foul of it. So. Um, yeah, so but it's a wonderful work what they do. There's um, there's a link on our um, on Block One Hundred Nine's Twitter account. You can just click on and you can see um, what they're doing there. If you want to, um, there is a donate button on their, on their website. I think if you wanted to do something for them, and yeah, they 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 do just wonderful work and that they help a lot of people. That I think they've got maybe five or six centres across Poland. They're not government funded really but what they do get they um they link in with their version of the nhs okay um and they poland has a system where um one and a half percent of your earnings um effectively you can you can get that sent to a charity that's Um, interesting so it's a national scheme so um so one and a half percent you can select one and a half percent of those earnings to go and I think they were something like the 15th charity that was accepted for it and there's quite a few charities that are on board now um but uh yeah there's that they're one of the most popular ones um I believe just you know it's, it's a very worthy cause really um and um yeah so that they were more than happy to take the um the the the, the, the things off the things from us and uh you know they were very grateful and I mean, the, the, the tablets themselves, obviously, they're kind of like the headline items, I suppose. Mm. They um, they, they will help them keep in touch with the families at home. They're still very jumpy about COVID. So the, the chap that we met, really nice guy called um, Mikel, he's been there for about, I think he's been there for a month. Yeah. And he's only been in the, in the unit once. The office is kind of the other side of this. It's almost like this new build housing estate. And they've got like an office block. The other side of there is where the hospital is, um, but their office is away from there. He's only been there once, and he had to like full, you know, full um, you know, mask, yeah, you know, full gown, and all that sort of thing. So it's rare that anybody can actually go in there. So it's a shame really that we couldn't go and interact with them. But I mean, it's perfectly understandable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, but it also means they can only have one parent with them. So and and obviously if they're there for six, nine, twelve months living there, mum or dad will go in there, and then the, generally the higher earning parent will continue to work, yeah. and that could be mum or dad. So and they're, they're, there's going to be siblings at home that need to go to school as well. So um, grandparents, cousins, and and everybody else, aunties and uncles that they need to keep in touch with. So the um, the tablets will help with sort of video calls home, but hopefully it will then. Um, it'll 
be a great benefit to them. And we're um, and again, it's it's just down to generous people like um, the number one um, England podcast host um, that has chipped in, you know. I've, I've constantly pleased, over the last few years it's, pleased um, to do it good people I mean, like yourself Russ no thank you I, I'm not the only one obviously um, I mean what, no, no. what was their reaction to like a, a group of English football fans wanting to do this were they I don't know sceptical or anything what was their reaction yeah, they, they, they they just said they were very taken back by it they didn't expect it yeah so um, I think maybe they maybe they didn't know the game was taking place no, oh, um, of course, yeah. I did get the impression over there that from some of the people that we spoke to, some people didn't know that the game was actually happening. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that's when we were there. So, for us to, to contact, uh, you know, a, um, a random hospital a few several weeks before the game itself, it was probably something that thought, oh, okay, uh, this is um, this is a bit strange. Um, yeah. You know, what game's happening or what have you? So. Oh well, they uh, yeah. So we're in good. Yeah, it seemed seemed to be overwhelmed with it, and so and then obviously obviously the game, but then we you moved on to to Scotland and and done a similar good deed. Yeah, so um, the West of uh, Scotland Cricket Club, wonderful place. Significantly, it is. Yeah, and if you anybody wants to know more, there's a website, and there's also episode sixty six of your podcast that you can go to. I mean, it'll tell you all you need to know, basically. Um, hosted the first few Scottish Cup finals. Um, so it's quite a significant location for Rangers and also for just football in general because it was the, the, the host of the first international match between yeah. England and Scotland. Um, very much of the theme of the um, of the Euros a couple of years ago, it finished nil-nil. I'm, I'm not sure what, what the game was like. Um, so... And, uh, yeah, so I don't totally know who played well and who didn't. Yeah, I think totally different in its <laughs> yeah. uh, in the way they played. Yeah, absolutely, completely different. So, um, yeah, so I don't think much is known about the game itself. Um, I don't even know if there's any any pictures or anything like that. I mean, it was just early days of photography, yeah, wasn't it, back yeah. then? And you know, but but the um, but either way, uh, the the building itself there, it's. Um, they're, they're having a few problems. They're, I think they had a bit of a flood and they're trying to kind of rebuild. But I contacted them, um, spoke to a guy called Colin, who um, who was the chairman. I think he may be the guy that you spoke to on the pod, actually. I'm not sure. He um, he mentioned to me that, um, you know, that they've got this fund, this restoration fund, and they're looking at a few other things as well. And I said, well, one of the things we did think of is, do you have a defibrillator? And he said, no, but we'd like one, and he said, "Well, we'll buy you one." So we um, we 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 donated them a defibrillator similar to what we did in um, Malta for the uh, Ronald McDonald's house, and um, it's got the it's got the club a fair bit of exposure. And hopefully, that hopefully it's one of these things that will never be used. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's one of these things that you buy and you hope it's a waste of money because that means it's never used, and you know. But um, if it's there anyway, it's peace of mind going forward for. They do play a lot of cricket there still, so it's for the, for the use of that. And also, once they get their building sorted and everything else, they can um, get a case, put it there, and it can go on the national database. So um, yeah. it's the use of the local public as well. They do have a garden centre there um, that's quite popular. So it's you know there's it's more it's a multi-use venue. 
and it's open eat all day every day so um it can be used for um but like you know it could be used for the public off the street for example if um if if there was suddenly an emergency um within you know a few hundred meters of that venue it could be one of the ones that get you gets used so yeah so it's um it's something that um it's something that like i said it hope hopefully it never gets used but if it does it would um potentially it will save somebody's life great stuff excellent and obviously if if people want to help to contribute towards that then the the draw is the best way to do that and just head to the the one block 109 on on twitter you'll get all the details there or or get in touch with yourself there there is a number of different ways as well like we have um there was young george who um who was running a marathon um during um during the last week of his um summer holidays um speaking to his dad mark who's actually ran 50 marathons himself Um, and he um yeah well not in the same week um (laughs) but um yeah he's he he, he's done them over a number of years and he spoke to george and george he's nine years old and he wanted to do something so and he was at the game in rocklaw and he said he'd run a marathon over a week. So he ran 6K for seven days, which is 42K, 26 miles. Marvellous. And um, he, he was aiming to raise 100 quid. He's raised, uh, I think, over 500. So um, that's pretty much um, about sort of like two-thirds to three-quarters of the way towards funding the full amount that we paid in for, well, that, that we needed to raise for what we bought for the guys at um, at the uh, uh, in Rocklaw. So... It's um it's something that obviously he's he's had a big impact on, and oh, he's got George. a few things in the uh, in line coming up for the um for the North Macedonia game, believe, I believe, or maybe the games next year. So, um, it's uh, it's something worth keeping an eye on. Oh well, uh, we, we shall see what what uh, George comes up with. Um, but go on, just coming back from the uh, the two games, what's your your quick take on on the the Ukraine game and the Scotland game? I think the Ukraine game was very frustrating. There's a lot of players that you could usually say we could rely on that just weren't yeah. quite at the races for one reason or another. Maybe they, you know, one one player's performance can affect the next person, and then that can have an knock on on the next person, and so on. I mean, Madison just seemed to be getting very frustrated, and he, he was he was very frustrated at the end. Well, it's probably about 35 minutes in for that booking. That yeah, that, silly. Um, you know, to our kind of on our right in front of us. Um, so that was, um, you know, that that was. I mean, he he was probably living dangerously there. I mean, maybe an, an inch the other way, and it could have been a red, really, especially with um, with VAR there. But um, and then there was the um, Chilwell. I mean, he's played so well before, and he just he just seemed just not at the races at all, just putting the ball out of play and and. And then there was Jude, who obviously is raw, but I mean, he's just fantastic, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, but that night would would be not not the best night he's had. Um, and then there was, I mean, Rice as well. So another one that we can normally depend on. He was he was just putting the ball out of place for sloppy passes, and it was like chalk and cheese compared to the game last night. I thought Jude and Rice were just fantastic. The two of them just played together so well, you know that those two players will win us things together. Um, 
Royce, there's very few players in the world better than him in his position. Um, and Jude, um, there may be some players better than him at the moment, but there's very few of them now and they've probably been playing for five or six years longer than he has. And he's probably going to be overtaking them very soon. And what he's doing at Real Madrid is just sensational, really. Amazing, isn't it? Pulling up trees um, there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, th- I think we've... With what we saw last night, I feel a lot more positive than what I did when I walked out the ground in Rocklaw. The atmosphere was fantastic, both games. I've got to say the the home the home section, as you call it, in Rocklaw was properly loud, wouldn't it? They were, and, yeah. Um, even more so last night. Um, there's been a lot said about booing of the anthem. I hate it when people boo the anthem, um, be it ours or the opposition's. But yeah, I mean, it was again. It just added to the spice of the whole fixture, and yeah, we were um, we, we were. Um, I, I think I think we, we we rode the storm quite well when it comes to um, how intense it was. Um, a few players could have actually like been like deer in the headlights in that, or well, rabbit in headlights when it came to that, but they they didn't and. We, we we kind of lost our way slightly around the time they scored a few minutes after that. But overall, it was just a very good team performance. And I think we possibly would have beaten almost anybody that night, um, really. I think everybody put their put a shift in and uh, played very well. Yeah, it was, it was good that he was able to, to change a few players and come out on top still. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's... Um, and it bodes well for going forward, doesn't it, Russ? It does. Coming forward, we have Australia next month and Italy. Um, to well, well, both important games from different respects. Um, so, Will, are you looking to, to do anything for uh, 109 for those? Um, no, not necessarily for the home games. But we have got one or two plans coming for Macedonia. So, there's one or two, um, one or two things coming for there. And we're going to have... Um, we're 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 going to be supporting a, a good cause there. We're speaking to one or two at the moment, and then there's also the um, there'll be there'll be one or two one hundred nine donations as well, one hundred nine pound donations going to good causes here, including our, our good friend Trevor, who um, he, he was meant to be on the coach with Paul Dennis. So Paul has, has donated back the fee for that Trevor paid, and that's uh, and we've we've put in another fifty two on top, so that makes one hundred nine. And then um, that will be going to Prostate Cancer UK um, in his memory. And I'm sure there'll be um, plenty more people that will be, will be putting in money in his memory as well, because he was a he was a proper character, Trevor. And I was I was quite um, I was quite taken back by your um, the end of the last podcast that you did, Russ. I think it was yeah. a really touching tribute and you did it very well. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, very kind and uh, to. Uh... To put that in on his behalf um, and on on everyone's behalf, um, yeah. CJ, thank you very much for your time. Looks like you've had a uh, a nice stroll along the uh, the canals of Coventry there. I'll yeah, you... and not as I said, not a shopping trolley in sight in this section. They they they're normally a bit further up towards Tesco's. So yeah, <laughs> marvelous. Well, uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch, and yeah, we'll we'll speak soon. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, Russ. Thank you very much to CJ there. All very good to to hear from him. And that kind of brings us to the end 
of this episode. Thanks for joining me. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, taking a look back over the the Ukraine game in Poland and the fabulous win over Scotland uh, up in Glasgow. It's never a friendly, is it? It's always good to to win that one. Same again next time, hopefully, when we play them. Don't forget, you can follow the podcast on all your usual podcast providers of choice. Uh, and also, you can find us on social media. Uh, just search Three Lions Podcast. I'll be back with you very soon. Uh, I've got uh, an episode coming up where we are talking about the World Cup of 2006. I hope you can join me for it. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.